everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast. I am your host, Deborah Coleman, and yep, you guessed it, we've got us, us we've got ourselves another mini-cast, folks. Um, as you know, I stumble across articles or engaging, con- when I stumble across articles and engaging conversations with people, um, if something triggers for me that I think would make a great mini-cast, I quickly take some notes, jot it down, and hit record. So here we go. This one... I think was pretty interesting. And I have to say that I don't want this to be like a one show topic. I would love for this just to be the beginning of of this particular conversation. Um, And I would like to sort of make a pseudo promise to you guys that I will try to find subject matter experts in this topic and maybe do a part two to the show with somebody who is much more knowledgeable than I am on this subject and to dive uh, maybe just a little bit deeper into this because I think this is fascinating. Um, So this is just maybe a preview or like a preamble to a show that will allow us to go into just a bit more of a deep dive. So the topic of today's show is the myth of the female boss and male versus female bosses. I know, right? Crazy. Heavy hitter topics, um, which is why I think you can probably appreciate why (laughs) this will not just, I won't just do this show and never speak of it again. This really needs to um, be delved a bit deeper with somebody, again, who knows a lot more than I do on the subject. But I stumbled across two articles. The first um, is an article written by Beth Castle, who is a managing editor at In Her Sight. Um, It was was inside an In Her Sight newsletter, um, and her um, title of the article was called The Myth of the Female Boss. And then the second article was written by Amanda Hess, who is a contributing uh, writer for the New York Times. And um, her article was Male versus Female Bosses in the Entertainment Industry, or like in the inter- in entertainment, I should say, not in the entertainment industry, but in entertainment. So again, Beth Castle and Amanda Hess. As always, I will have links to these articles in the show notes. So Feel free to check them out yourself, read them, and um, t- and form your own takeaways. But again, quick show. After reading these articles, I was like, "Uh oh, you know, grab my mouse, grab my microphone. Let's let's record something here really quick." So let's get started. Passive aggressive, condescending, micromanaging. Typical words to describe a female bo- female boss, and they're 100% correct, right? <laughs> Wrong. Wrong in all caps, bolded, exclamation point, times a thousand. Um, why do we commonly attribute these traits to female bosses? It seems like we do. It's not fair, and quite frankly, it just needs to stop. And wouldn't you say that these traits are are indicative of bad bosses, period, regardless of gender. Um, If you're passive aggressive, if you're condescending, if you're a micromanager, that goes across the board, regardless of your gender. That's just, those are just traits of bad leadership. So let me just really quickly start by saying I have been, I don't know, fill in the blank, fortunate, blessed, lucky to have worked with both female and male bosses in my career life. And I have to say in, you know, total honesty, the female bosses that I have worked with, again, lucky, blessed, 
fortunate. They have all, I have all got along, I have got along with all of them fantastically. I don't have, I think way back in the day when I was in my teens, I had a female, like I worked retail and there was a female manager that brought me to tears. She was horrible, but it wasn't just me. It was like all of us were brought to tears with her tyrannical leadership style. But honestly, in my you know more professional working life, the female bosses that I have been fortunate to work with, in my opinion, have all been rock stars. And I'm not exaggerating. And I think the reason I think the reason is for me is because on the spectrum of being more alpha and being more beta, the female bosses I gravitated towards were more alpha in nature. And I don't know, again, deep dive, I don't know if that's because I tend to have more beta tendencies. So when I come up against more of an alpha female, we mesh really well because look, Quite frankly, I'm not trying to get into a pissing contest with you. I don't want your job. I want us all to succeed. I am totally here to make you better because that enables us all to be better. That is honest to God, my outlook on my career and what I do. So maybe by going into that with that mentality, I don't come off as a threat. And also, if you haven't learned by now, if some of you have listened to some of my shows or know me personally, I can be pretty candid. And so I kind of state my position early on in our working relationship. And I and I do that with men and women. But I think when I do that with the women, again, I'm totally guessing, but I think when I do that with the female bosses I've had in my life, they appreciate that candor. And they are like, okay, good. Now that we got that out of the way, let's keep it moving, you know, and we do. And I am not someone who really lives in the minutia. That that's a blessing and a curse. Something I work on, um, and so I am not one that's like gonna like get in in your business. Like, I, it, I'm not looking for a friendship here. You're my boss, and so let's keep it that way. And if a friendship forms out of that, which sidebar, all almost nine out of ten of my female bosses I am friends with to this day. But I contribute that in a large part to the fact that I did not go into that working relationship with friendship top of mind. I went into that as in, you're my boss, let's get shit done. And then if a friendship develops as a result of that, hallelujah. But I'm not here to make friends with you just because we're both females, right? Like, let's not braid each other's hair and have sleepovers. No. Like, I understand you have mission and goals and objectives. I'm here to help you get those done and let's keep it moving from there. So I can honestly say that I have had awesome female bosses in my time who have turned into mentors, who I have learned a tremendous amount from. And to be honest, I've learned some things that I don't want to do from them as well. There, you know, We didn't always agree, and there were disagreements, and there were learning curves, and there were like uncomfortable moments, certainly. But I looked at those all as learning experiences. And I either learned from them and improved myself, or improved our relationship, or as a last resort, identified those are traits or those are things that I don't want to continue or moving forward in a boss. Those are traits that I'm going to look for as red flags and not want to work for someone like that. So it's all good. It's all a learning experience. So having said that, I just wanted to kind of put that out there. I have had some awesome female bosses in my time. And if any of you, my old bosses are listening, thank you. Because honestly, I am not, I wouldn't be 
the female worker I am today without you. You guys definitely helped plant those seeds, helped me become better, helped me identify my my strengths, my weaknesses. You helped me grow. And I thank you for that. And again, looking back at all of you, you all are alpha females. <laughs> you all were like, you all came to work every morning, like, kicking down the door, ready to take on the day. And I was so excited to see that in action. And I was, again, fortunate. I counted myself lucky to have a front row seat to to witness these strong females in action. And that is just something in me that won't change. I will always gravitate towards more of the aggressive or alpha female. Um, I I have worked a time or two and I don't know if they were necessarily a boss, but I have worked alongside. So it was more like a colleague. Either we were on a committee together or we were like um, heading up a project together. I've worked for females who didn't have that attribute, who were more betas, for lack of a better word. And I found myself in growing impatient. Um, over time, I didn't really take them seriously. Um, but more so I found myself just being impatient with them and to where I felt like, okay, we're both, we both tend to be on the beta scale. This isn't going to work. One of us has to step up. And so I found, I found that I had to, um, which was fine, but just that initial, like over time, like I just, something about you is irritating me. And I think it's the fact that we're too much alike. (laughs) So um, they weren't doing anything wrong. What I'm speaking to is my takeaway with working with somebody who wasn't as alpha. I find that I have learned that I don't respond well to that. Again, my knee-jerk reaction is to say wishy-washy behavior. Like I find myself saying, take the reins, final, do something, you know? And honestly, to be fair, that's across the board, whether you're male or female in my life, if you are in a position of any sort of leadership, if you are like passive and beta, I really don't respond well with you. I don't work well with that. I don't respond well to you. So definitely give me more of the alphas. I feel like I can, I can rein, I can work with that. I can rein them in. I can work with that. I know what to expect. I got you. If you're a little bit weaker, dare I say nicer and passive, I'm not going to know how to come at you. I'm not going to know. I'm not going to know how to work with that. (laughs) That's confusing to me. Um, so just, you know, a little self-reflection there. Um, So when it comes to female bosses, to circle back, I have been blessed and fortunate to witness and have front row seats to some awesome, you know, kick the door in alpha females that I have learned a lot from. So I think when I read these articles, some of those past experiences kind of kicked up for me, which again was a reason why I created this mini cast. So um, to get back to the articles. Uh, so first of all, I think the um, the media helps perpetuate, right, our negative idea of what female bosses are and should look like the tra- and the traits that they should possess. R- immediately what comes to mind, which a lot of you are going to be shaking your head, yeah, yeah, um, Devil Wears Prada, right, Amanda? Wow. Um, that's probably like alpha plus right there. <laughs> I don't know how, how well I would do with that. I would, I think all of us would probably end up being like Andy was in that movie, but wow, she was like to the max, right? So Devil Wears Prada, um, Late Night, that's an Amazon original, um, 
uh, I believe it was created by Mindy Kaling. Um, and uh, Emma, it started Mindy Kaling, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson was the alpha female. Mindy was the underling who came in under her. Um, again, another example of a strong boss. Um, that movie, Little, again, the boss came in every morning, kicked ass, took names, you know, didn't have time for nonsense, didn't suffer idiots, that sort of mentality. And then another example, final example, my one of my favorite shows, Veep on HBO. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I mean, personal side note, I think she's a freaking genius of an actress. Um, so her portrayal in Veep of the vice president and and then as she goes on to be president don't want to spoil it for you who might not have seen it but um <laughs> I mean wow right female boss like you take everything and put it in that one character like Hollywood must have like got together and said what are all the qualities of a female boss and dumped it into Selena Meyer I mean it's just it's fascinating it's fascinating to watch her um humorous but fascinating so those are just examples of right alpha females in entertainment in in the movies and shows so they are all examples of how those shows or how again how how Hollywood um, shows how women can be total badasses professionally, but complete disasters personally. Often they are conceived as good at their jobs, but bad at being human, as one of the article states, as the New York Times article stated. So, and I thought that was dead on. So, is this to say that women can't be successful and pleasant? At the same time, I think that's what Hollywood is telling us. You either have to be a badass who everybody hates or a sweet little passive thing that everybody loves who will get nowhere in the workforce. So I think that's unfair. I really do. Um, And often these harsh attributes are aimed directly and often, you know, these harsh, you know, characteristics that these women have are often aimed directly at their younger female coworkers who are trying to work their way up and join the ranks, but they're bumping up against these hard-ass women who, you know, for whatever reason, are threatened and who have to, who feel the need to have to like, you know, pick them apart and knock them down um, in order for them to feel successful or to be perceived as successful leadership women. Very confusing and very misleading, quite frankly. Um, This begs the question too, so could this also be like a generational problem? Um, You know, again, all these women are, of course, older and then their younger mentees, again, younger, you know, so they're, they're aiming all this like, negative attributes at these younger women. So is this, again, is this a generational thing? So are you guaranteed to be this hard-assed bitch the older you, you know, if you're an older woman in the workplace? Again, the messaging isn't very clear or fair for that matter. Um, And is this the recommended behavior in order to break glass ceilings and be taken seriously by your male counterparts? Is this what you have to become in order to break those glass ceilings and to be taken seriously by your male colleagues? Wow. Um, So if you are an older woman who is successful in your career at the top of your game and at the top of your professional ladder, do you have to automatically feel threatened by, quote, the generation police and now you have to turn into this hate monger or this person who just spews all this negativity to your younger female counterparts in order to be successful? No. No. 
I don't think so. Um, Coverage of women politicians and celebrities in movies and television tend to reinforce the idea that women in power have to soften or feminize their personalities in order to be successful and likable. Um, So does that mean you have to quit wearing the pantsuits and wear more dresses? If you tend to rock a short do, does that mean you have to grow it out? Um, Does that mean like you have to like take on a softer persona in order to be taken seriously as a woman in power because you don't want to come off as having any of the male attributes or you're not going to be like thought very highly of or taken seriously. I mean, we've all seen it, right? We see when there's like those stock photos, right? There's a man at the head of a conference table and he's like, like mid speech or mid mid conversation standing up in full of, in front of a room, right? Okay. Obviously he's a leader of some sort. He's a boss of some sort. Now we see the female leader stock photos and she's typically like walking down the hall or walking outside in sunshine, like holding her phone and her purse and engaging in some sort of chitty chat with her female. And maybe there's like a guy coworker thrown in, you know, as a token, you know, chitty chatting outside, you know, or walking down the hall, engaging in conversation, not in a conference room, heading up a a, a business meeting. Oh, no. You know, so I mean, I'm not making, I'm not saying like that's it across the board. I'm just, I'm like, you know, just sort of like making observations of what we've all seen out there. Um, So why can't there be the female in front of like a large group of people, you know, or in a conference room leading a meeting? Why can't there be more photos of that? And I'm sure there are. I'm just saying like, you know, at the 30,000 foot level, do we see that often? Um, But even though as the article dictates, Even though research tells us the opposite, that stereotypically masculine traits of assertiveness, strength, and sharpness are recognized actually as good leadership qualities. So no, you don't have to be this like soft-spoken to be considered a good leader. Actually, in research shows that when women have those more assertive traits, they are taken more seriously and are recognized as good leaders. So regardless of what the media shows us, the exact opposite tends to be true. So then there's the other spectrum that, okay, so if you do assign, it's almost like a catch-22. So then if you do assign these nicer or softer qualities to female bosses, Um, Because that's what's expected of them. Like, okay, I'd rather work for a female boss because they're probably going to let me off more. They're going to be understanding of my sick time. They're going to be more, you know, less harsh in their critiques or reviews or evaluations. Um, If you assign those softer qualities to female bosses, that they'll be nicer, more inclusive, less demanding, more adaptable. But isn't the truth that all managers should possess that, not just female managers, that we should expect some semblance of those qualities in our managers across the board, period. And the downside is if you assign those softer qualities to women or make those assumptions, then that can then, you don't, you run, then run the risk of like knocking those women down and, and preventing them from gaining a seat at the table because you've assigned the fact that they're nicer, they're less assertive, that's fantastic. But when it comes to board membership or a, or partnership or executive C-suite level, oh, no, no, we can't hire 
we can't hire Maria because she's too nice, because she's not assertive enough. Yet, as a middle manager or in her role, we want her to be nice and inclusive. We expect her to be nice and inclusive. But when it comes to hiring up or promoting up for her, oh, no, no, she's too nice. She's too assertive. So it's like, ah, the messaging, I don't get it. Um, But it's almost like these traits are assigned when it's convenient for the assigner, right? Again, uh, do you see why we need to do maybe a deep dive? Well, I, you know, I, again, I am not qualified to <laughs> do that. This again was just my takeaways and maybe it was just mi- like a mini rant show because it's just, it's frustrating to see this and it's sad that it happens. Um, so we have to be careful, right? At the end of the day, not to assign gender specific stereotypes. And by doing so, we may limit someone's ability to lead, uh, to promote up or to be placed in leadership type positions. Um, The truth is there is no guarantee that women are more adaptable or accommodating than their male counterparts. These traits are learned. They're not something that is automatically or should not be something that is automatically given per gender. Um, And a manager who possesses strong leadership traits, regardless, again, regardless of their gender, would be considered a good boss regardless. I mean, if if you have good traits you're a good boss regardless. And that's how it should be anyway. Um, so again, guys, I just, I stumbled again, I stumbled across these two articles. I grabbed the mic and just hit record because I really think this is, this should just be the beginning of a conversation. So if you're listening and you have absolutely more knowledge on this than I do, or, and want to engage in a conversation and shed some more light, please, holler at me. I would love to have you on. Let's take a deeper dive into this. Um, I would love to explore this a little bit more. I think it's fascinating. I think it's really fascinating, especially the whole like, okay, I want you to be inclusive and less assertive, but because you're more inclusive and less assertive, you're not going to rise in the ranks. What? That's crazy. Um, so anyway, and also the myth of the female boss. Again, I kind of like to shatter that a little bit because it hasn't been my experience. Now I understand, you know, there are many, many, many of you out there who can, who are, who are like shaking your head like, Deb, uh-uh, girl, have I got a story for you. I had a female boss who was dot, 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 right? I know they're out there. I totally appreciate that. I get it. And hey, I'd love to hear your story. Come on and tell me, share me, share with me your story like I shared with you mine. Um, I just wanted to give you a little insight into what has been my experience personally with female bosses and what my preference has so far lean towards when it comes up against um, working for or working with a female boss. So again, that wraps up another mini cast slash mini rant on a very, I think, pretty uh, relevant and timely topic, the myth of the female boss and male versus female bosses. So um, again, I put a call to action out there. If you all are um, more knowledgeable on this subject or would like to take a deep dive or would like to share your female boss, and it doesn't have to be a female boss horror story. If you back me up and you have some really positive stories or experiences with a, a strong female boss, let's hear it. Chime in. Um, and we'll have you on the show and we'll continue the conversation. So as always, thanks for listening, you guys. And um, feel free to rate or subscribe if you enjoyed this show. And uh, as always, take care, have a wonder, have a wonderful week and be well. Until next time. <laughs>